The title of my message this morning is Jesus Wins. This past week has been the annual meeting of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. It's a meeting of global elites. They meet every year at this time of year in a place called Davos in Switzerland. And the best description I can give you of the World Economic Forum and its founder, a man called Klaus Schwab, is to compare them to the villains in a James Bond movie. The only problem is that these villains are real. They're the enemies of Christ, and they're at war with him. We've read of a war in Revelation 17 and verse 14. And this is my text for this morning. And this verse of Scripture really sums up chapter 17 of Revelation. And this is a text that the Lord laid on my heart the past week as I thought about this morning. And um, I know that we, we um, considered this chapter last week. And we talked about the mother and then I had thought about preaching on the monster today. But the Lord led me in a different direction. And this is the verse that the Lord has given me for you today. For some reason, he wants us to think about this war. Now look at it there. Revelation 17, verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. War is a terrible thing. We think of the millions who died in World War I. We think of an even greater number who died in World War II. Of course, there are those who have a vested interest in keeping war going. There's a, a term that President Eisenhower used as he made his farewell speech in 1961. He talked about the military-industrial complex. The military-industrial complex. The arms industry who have a vested interest in keeping wars going because they make millions, indeed they make trillions, from war. So whether you talk about the war in Ukraine today or other wars, and there are, there are other wars taking place in our world today, but whatever the war is, always remember that there's the military-industrial complex behind all the wars. And though any right-minded person in society would want the war to end there are people who are making an awful lot of money from war who do not want the war to end. They're not bothered about the slaughter of thousands, indeed millions of innocent civilians. No, all they're worried about is the next dollar, the next pound. War is indeed a terrible thing. I want to say that the war in 
Revelation 17 and verse 14 is, is also a terrible thing because you notice this war was started by the enemies of the Lord, or as he's called here in our text, the Lamb. The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's the Lord Jesus. He doesn't start the war in our text. Notice it. Look at, look at the verse again. These shall make war with the Lamb. It doesn't say the Lamb shall make war with these. No, these shall make war with the Lamb. Now, we need to identify who the these are. Who are these enemies of Christ? That make war with him. That start this war at the end of the age. Who are these belligerents we could call them. You know how in every war you have the belligerents. Those who are engaged in the battle. Well in the second world war you had the Axis. And then you had the allies. The two sides to the war. The Axis was made up of Nazi Germany, Fascist Italy, and Imperial Japan. Germany, Italy, Japan. What about the Axis in Revelation 17? Who are these evil individuals, evil groups who are fighting against the Lamb, who are making war with him? Well, won't you notice the beast? He's one of the enemies, the beast. He's described for us there in verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not. The beast, and he's mentioned, this individual is mentioned a number of times in chapter 17. He's the Antichrist. So he is part of this axis of evil. Who else? Well, the woman, the whore that we spoke about a few weeks ago, the great whore is the term that the Bible gives to her. But who is this woman? She's mentioned six times in Revelation 17. Six times. The woman. Who is she? Who does she refer to? Well, she refers to all the religions of the world coming together under one umbrella. All the religions on planet earth, all the false religions coming together under the one umbrella. So as we said a few weeks ago, you've got Islam, you've got the Roman Catholic Church, you've got Hinduism, you've got Buddhism, you've got the cults, and you've got a whole lot of different false religions, and they all come together to fight the Lamb. But then I want to add another religion to that list today, the NHS. Oh, you say. That's strange. I'm talking about the NHS in England and Wales. Why would I call the NHS in England and Wales a religion? I'll explain. Did you know that in 2020 the NHS in England and Wales... Funded 99% of abortions that took place. 99% of abortions. Paid for by the NHS in England and Wales. 
You know how many little unborn children were slaughtered that year in England and Wales? 210,860. 99% of them funded by the NHS in England and Wales. Now why do I call it a religion? Because it's a shrine to Moloch. Let me try to explain to you who Moloch is. Moloch is one of the idols, one of the demon gods from the Old Testament. He was the god of the Ammonites. And the Ammonites would come to Moloch and they would bring their little children to him. And Moloch's arms were outstretched in front of him and his arms were heated white hot. And the children, the little children would be brought by their parents as a sacrifice to Moloch and laid upon the altar and burned to a cinder. The religion of the Ammonites, the worship of Moloch, it's in Britain today. It's in England and Wales, only you don't call it Moloch or you don't call it the Ammonites anymore. You just call it the NHS. Murdering the unborn. It's part of this conglomeration that rises up at the end of the age to fight the lamb. You remember? Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. Hard to believe it's almost three years ago. Well, the NHS in England and Wales weren't too worried about saving lives, especially the lives of the unborn. Did you notice in verse 4 that this woman is a red and scarlet? You get that, verse 4. And the woman was a red and purple and scarlet color. You see this? false system this woman has the blood of innocence upon her the scarlet blood of the unborn are upon this vile individual I want to tell you today that the blood of the innocents is upon the vile NHS in England and Wales They'll have to answer to the lamb someday for slaughtering his lambs. But of course the NHS in England and Wales not content with the slaughter of the unborn. They also give puberty blockers to children who have what's called gender dysphoria. In other words, encouraging boys and girls, young people, to change gender. Boys to become girls and girls to become boys. Of course, we know it can't happen, it doesn't happen physically, but the NHS in England and Wales have been doing their level best to push the transgender movement. I could go on. It is a religion, I tell you today. And it's a vile religion. 
You ever wonder why the NHS across the water is in the state it's in? Could it be that the judgment of the Lamb is upon it? For the murder of the little image bearers in the womb? The woman is the enemy of the lamb and she makes war with him. Who else? Well, the kings of the earth, it says here in this chapter, speaks twice about the kings of the earth. That's the rulers, the world leaders, the presidents, the prime ministers. John, I believe, is actually referring in this chapter to seven great world kingdoms. Five were already passed in John's day. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia and Greece. The one that was ruling in John's day was Rome. And the one to come that he describes is the kingdom of the Antichrist at the end of the age. John was looking down the centuries of time to our day and generation into the kingdom of the Antichrist kings of the earth the rulers who make war with the lamb they're doing it today I think of that evil woman who was the prime minister of New Zealand who, re- who resigned this past week Ardern. They call her Princess Lockdown. She was the tyrant who brutally forced the people of New Zealand into the most draconian COVID regime. And there's more. She passed the most extreme abortion law in the world. We in Ulster have the most extreme abortion law in Europe, but New Zealand have the most extreme abortion law in the world. She was responsible for it behind it. She's an operative of the WEF, of course, that we've already spoken about today. She went through their Young Global Leaders course. So she was really a a puppet on a string for the World Economic Forum. We must never forget the severe oppression forced upon the people of New Zealand or anywhere else for that matter by people like Ardern or any other leader these past three years Yes, these are the enemies of the Lamb who rise up against him in the last day. The beast, the woman, the kings of the earth. What about the allies in this war? Well, the allies are led by the Lamb. The Lamb. You notice verse 14. The Lamb... The Lamb, he's the central figure. These shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb is the leader of the army. The army that comes against the beast and the woman and the kings of the earth. There's no one like the Lamb, you know. 
the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, they that are with him, these shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him, that's the saved. That's you and me if if we're saved. They that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Are you with him? That's the question today. If you're not with him, you're against him. You can't sit in the fence in this matter. You can't do what a lot of politicians do in Westminster did today, abstain. You can't abstain in this matter. No, you're either with the lamb or you're against the lamb. Well, here we have those that are, that are with him. Make sure that at the end of the age that you're with the Lamb. In fact, make sure today that you're with the Lamb. And then it doesn't really matter who's against you. So are you with him? Are you on his side? And if you're not, you need to get on his side today. And it's wonderful when you get on his side, he'll be on your side. Who is on the Lord's side, Moses asked. That's the question I ask today. Who is on the Lord's side? If you're not on his side today, come over from the devil's side. Leave the devil's side. Get on to the side of the lamb. And then the lamb will be with you. And he will fight for you. It's wonderful to have him on your side. And you notice what it says here in our text. The lamb shall overcome them. All the people we have been describing today. The beast, the woman, the kings of the earth. The evildoers that we have been discussing this morning and speaking about. Though we to be quite honest, far rather who didn't speak about them and their evil deeds. But the lamb shall overcome them. You see, you can't win against the lamb. You will never get the better of the lamb. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many come against him, he will always overcome. The lamb shall overcome them. Now you notice it doesn't say those who are with him shall overcome them. The lamb shall overcome, not you and me shall overcome, no, because we're, we're weak, we're frail, we're sinful. No, it's the lamb who overcomes. It's all about him, it's all down to him. If he doesn't overcome, there's no hope for us. But hallelujah, he does overcome, and in fact he has overcome at Calvary. He overcame the powers of hell at Calvary for us. And in this war at the end of the age, he will overcome. You see, Job said in chapter 20, verse 5, The triumphing of the wicked is short. The triumphing of the wicked is short. Oh, there are wicked people in our world today, but their triumph will be short. And the psalmist said in Psalm 37, I have seen the wicked spreading himself like a green bay tree. 
But then the psalmist goes on to say that there came the time when he looked for the wicked, but he found them not. The Lamb shall overcome them, all of them. Here's a spoiler alert. I'm telling you today what's going to happen at the end of the age when this war takes place. The Lamb will overcome. Jesus wins. Remember our title. Jesus wins. Didn't the hymn writer say, when faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Let's pray. Father, how we thank you today for the Lamb. How we thank you today for what he has done for us. Precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, Father, that the Lamb fought for us at Calvary. And he died in our place, shedding his own precious blood. And we thank you that the Lamb came back from the dead after three days. And we thank you today the Lamb is at your right hand. And we thank you, Lord, that one day he will wage war with his enemies and overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. Lord, we want to pray for any today in our service who perhaps are still on the devil's side We pray for them today. We pray with all of our hearts that they will transfer to the Lamb's side. Lord, bless your word, we pray. We pray you continue with us as we sing your praises in our closing hymn. And may we sing heartily as unto the Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.